everybody. It's Mr. One Vote himself, Aaron Mukes, alongside JB, the smoothest voice in broadcasting, Dylan Kearns for another episode of Diamond Talk. Dylan, what's going on, buddy? How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. There are definitely a lot of talking points to talk about today in the world of baseball, and I'm excited to dive into them. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. There, there are so many things happening right now. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. Got some cheese, bud! Got some big, stinky cheese! It is time for another segment of Bringing the Heat, brought to you by Made by Milani. That's the wonderful Alicia Milani, by the way. Uh, shout out to Alicia and our producer, Vinny, where you can go purchase all our wonderful merchandise, our wonderful T-shirts that we are not wearing today. And, um, you know, I- I'm still waiting for the black one to come in because I can't wait to sport that on this, this beautiful show. Uh, be sure to order those shirts. Head over to our Facebook page where you can order those. And like I said, get you some good merch. We got decals, we got tank tops, and we have uh, T-shirts. So make sure you go and pick those up. Dylan, I got to come to you with this first because we talked about, uh, there's been a lot of conversations just on the rough cut alone about the Houston Astros. And this year, the Houston Astros have a plus 140 run differential. And the next closest is 104, and that's the Los Angeles Dodgers. Listen, the Houston Astros this year have been playing out of their mind. And I know over the last couple of series, they've played teams like the Orioles and the Tigers. And a lot of teams are saying they're beating up. A lot of people are saying they're beating up on bad teams. But this baseball team is playing out of their mind right now. They are, they're, they're playing better than any team in baseball. What we've seen this year is they've gone. And in the month of June alone, they have won 19 out of 26 games. And they don't look like they're slowing down. Jordan Alvarez is banging. Jose Altuve is hitting well. Where, where are we at with the Astros? A lot of the conversation has been about the cheating scandal of 2017. What are, are, are we going to talk about that cheating scandal forever? Or is this really just a really good baseball team? They're a really good baseball team, and they really opened up my eyes last year in the playoffs. Now, last year, offensively, they were down. A lot of their key guys, Altuve, Bregman, they all had down years. But this year, they have done a great job of picking it back up. And I don't know. I mean, everyone has a stance on the cheating scandal and whether it's going to stick around or not. I personally think, you know, I, I'm not a fan of what they did. But I, right now, I don't think any of that is playing playing a factor into what they're doing right now. I mean, they lead the league in batting average by 14 points. They ha- uh, have the least amount of strikeouts in Major League Baseball. Lead the MLB in RBIs with 429. And clutch hitting is at a premium with this ball club. They're driving in runs. They're manufacturing them. And they're doing a great job of just, just hitting the ball. And uh, that's what you need to do to win. And they're doing it well. Well, correct me if I'm not mistaken, but you and I went back and forth about the Astros uh, a few times, uh, and and you you were very vocal about the cheating and and what that meant to baseball and how you didn't like it. And here we are again, three years later, three or four years later. And remember, in 2017, they also had the least amount of strikeouts in baseball. And now we're seeing these numbers start to look inflated again. I, I'm I personally don't believe there's quote-unquote cheating going on. I personally think we should get over 2017. 
But what are we going to, what do we say to those people that are like, they must be doing something again? Because here it is, Altuve, who came off a, a, not a very good year last year. He started slow this year. And now Altuve, the, the guy that's been, I think, in the, in the spotlight about that cheating scandal. How do these numbers that he, I mean, look at the numbers, home versus the road. How do these numbers play out in, in, your, in your eyes? It's it's interesting because you you look at what's happening and it, for those that don't know the cheating obviously most of it happened at home that's when they had the advantage their home road splits from every single player were absolutely insane in 2017 and the way that the whole scandal played out but right now I mean those numbers are still a little bit a little bit dicey and you can definitely raise the question you can definitely raise the question if something is going on but. Right now, I personally don't think anything is going on with this ball club. They're just they're proving that they're a great team. But you, you do bring up the strikeout totals being that low. And usually for a team that has hitters like Jordan Alvarez that swings and misses a decent amount, and a lot of guys that do have that swing and miss in their lineup, they're not swinging, as, swinging and missing as often as they did maybe a season ago or two seasons ago. So it does raise the question. And, I mean, with those splits, I, I, I don't know if you can really – it definitely brings it up. That that's the part I'm concerned about. I'm concerned at people looking at numbers like that, where you see uh, maybe a, a 25, 30 point drop off in a batting average, a few home runs, fewer than than at home. But that's baseball. If you go to, if you were to like do a deep dive on any major league, good major league baseball player, and look at their home road splits, most of the time you're going to see that they drop off on the road. And you could even take that a step further than baseball. You see it in basketball, especially with role players, guys at numbers tend to go down when they're on the road. I don't really want to hear the, the cheating stuff. I, I'm kind of sick. Um, one of our good, one of our, our good friends, Bailey always talks about the Astros in the chat. I want to talk about why it is that the Astros are looked at as some deviant team because they were caught cheating. They were punished. I think it's time we move on. I want to make a comparison <laughs> to the NFL. I want to make a comparison to the NFL. We witnessed the New England Patriots, a great dynasty from the year from the 2000s to the 2020 or whatever. We watched them have questionable move towing the line of rules year after year after year. Super Bowls, Deflate Gate. I mean, Tom Brady was suspended. I think people forget. Tom Brady was suspended for four games because of Deflate Gate. And then the next year, it seems like it just goes away. Nobody wants to talk about it. Why in baseball, when it comes to steroids, pitchers rubbing stuff on the ball, st sign stealing, why on baseball do we hold this grudge against these guys and we never let them, like, move on? Jose Altuve was a very good hitter before the cheating scandal. He's been a very good hitter after the cheating scandal. He's just a good player. Why do we hold on to these things for so long? I, can you explain it as a baseball purist? Because I don't get it. What the Astros did was a disgrace to the major, to Major League Baseball. They implemented their own little scandal, or not necessarily scandal. I guess it's a scandal the, now it is, but they implemented their own system that allowed it's banging trash cans to know when an off-speed pitch is coming. They used technology to their advantage. They hacked the system, and I mean it, it, it's nuts. And I'm not ready to forgive them. I don't care what's going on in the world of baseball. But when something like that happens, and then the commissioner, Rob Manfred, comes out, calls the calls the World Series trophy a piece of metal, the suspensions, whatever it is. A.J. Hinch got a year off. He got a job with the Tigers the following season. Alex Cora had a year off, and now he's leading the first-place Boston Red Sox out of nowhere, absolutely taking off in the AL East. And you're seeing that they're coming back to, back to life. 
And I mean, I don't know. I that, feel that like should prove. Wait, that should prove it right there. The Astros are back on top. The Red Sox are back on top, and we still want to talk about 2017. I, I just the, don't get but it. The Red Sox. The Red Sox do have some scandals going around with them. With Alex Cora, Alex Cora, Carlos Beltran were the two can big we, pieces in the system. Can we move and on? Cora's like, over in Boston. Does that mean they're cheating forever? I, I'm just saying, Boston right now. Alex Cora had a huge hand in what the Red, in the, what the Astros did. The Red Sox were projected to go in fourth, fifth place this year in the AL East. They're in first place with a commanding lead. That that's that. I think that's the point. Maybe Alex Cora is a really good coach. Maybe the Astros are just a really good team. Dusty Baker. Are we going to start accusing him now of being involved in some cheating scandal? Like, no. I just think we need to move on from the 2017 scandal. The Astros right now are playing really good baseball. They were, they remember, remember they, they were a series away from the world series last year. And I know it was in the bubble or whatever that no fans, but they were there last year. They've continued the run this year. They got hot. I, I'm ex, I'm excited to see where they go from here. Um, we, we, we will kind of leave diamond talk there. We will, we will reserve judgment. We'll let the season kind of play out and, and see where, see where Houston goes from here. Uh, Dylan, can you please tell the wonderful viewers in the chat, where they can follow us on all those good social media platforms. All righty. Cue it up, Vinny. You can follow us at Twitter at roughcut underscore sports on Facebook at rough cut sports and on Instagram at the rough cut sports cast. Be sure to head over to YouTube. Really trying to grow that over there. Rough cut sports cast. Uh, just type it in. It should come up fairly easily and make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and be sure to click that bell, get notifications when we go live. But uh, yeah, those are the social medias. Go check them out. Remember, we are trying to make the move over to YouTube full time. So be sure to hit the subscribe button. Share the show from YouTube if you guys can onto your Facebook page. If you're like some of our viewers, watch from both. That's perfectly fine as well. I know Beth does. I know my wonderful wife, Jessica, does. Um, again, we're trying to make this show huge. We're trying to make it every day. This is what we want to do. So be sure to follow us on YouTube. All right, Dylan, time to get into our seventh inning stretch. And first up, one of, one of uh, AJ's favorite guys, Ronald Acuna, was the sixth fastest player to hit 100 home runs. And I, what I found interesting about this is Ronald Acuna is one of those guys that we talk about being the exciting, young, next-generation type player that has a flair for the game. Good defensive player. I mean, he obviously hits a ton. He runs the bases well. Well, he runs the bases, let's not say well, <laughs> as he's been benched before. But he's just that kind of entertainment that I think baseball needs. I think this is important. I think it's important for guys like him to be successful and to stand out and to break records like this or join elite clubs for major league and, and allow for the major league game and allowing them to grow the product that they want on the field. What what do you feel about, about the growing product for guys like a Ronald Acuna? I think it's almost at an all-time high. I mean, you look across all of Major League Baseball and the exciting players that we have today, it's the Juan Sotos. It's the Ronald Acuna. Uh, players continue to come up. We talked about Wander Franco last week, Fernando Tatis, Javier Baez, Francisco Lindor. I could go on for days. There's so many great, young, talented players in the game of baseball. And what Ronald Acuna has done with the getting the uh, 100 home runs, absolutely amazing. A franchise like the Atlanta Braves that has a lot of great history of 
uh, having a lot of good outfielders with Andrew Jones and uh, Dale Murphy back in the day, Hank Aaron. I mean, they just have so many great players. And Ronald Acuna is next in line to be that next best player to play for the Atlanta Braves. He's been phenomenal. He has five tools, and I love watching him play every single day. He, he definitely is that five-tool player that we talk about in baseball that I think baseball needs more of. Um, number two on our list, and, and I want to I highlight this guy because fantasy baseball about three or four years ago, I don't know, maybe 2016 when he had his big year, uh, I nicknamed him the Schwab Daddy. And it's <laughs> Kyle Schwarber. And then he all of a sudden he disappeared. Like he just went, he, I think last year he had 188. He had 11 home runs. Kyle Schwarber is on a pace right now. He has 12 home runs in his last 10 games. He has 24 home runs this year. And he's, he's, he's at his career high right now in average OPS and slugging. I mean, this guy, and, and, and all they did, all they all quote, all he did was go back to an old stance that he used to swing in college and, and back, back when he was playing, when he was younger. This guy is absolutely mashing baseballs, mashing them so much that some people are starting to question whether he is using some sort of enhanced, um, I don't want to say PEDs or anything, but some sort of enhanced measure to make his game that much better because it's a huge jump that we haven't seen from this guy. And we, all, we always knew he had power. When he was with the Cubs in 2016, that right field fence couldn't be deep enough for him, right? He would, it was always over the, over the fence. But now we're seeing this at this rapid toward pace. He's joined groups of Barry Bonds, Gary Sheffield for the most home runs hit in a 17 game stretch. And now we're seeing 12 in 10 days. He went yard again today. Dylan, how is this guy doing it? I don't think he's that good. I, he, he's always had the power. You cannot question that. So don't don't raise this steroid talk. Look, he was comfortable at Indiana University where he played college baseball. Catcher there, a big power threat. I actually had a buddy that played against him uh, in college, play first base. He said one, one game with a metal bat, Schwarber bashed one towards first base, almost took his head off. He said he didn't even see the ball. It just went right past him. So he's always had this raw power. And if you think back, now the, the reason I don't think it's coming out of nowhere now, 2020, you can throw throw away the season for about everybody. It was only a few months. At the end of 2019, Kyle Schwarber with the Cubs had a batting average in the second half of 280 with 20 home runs. So he, he found something towards the end of the 2019 season that he was really locked in, and he found a way to just hit the baseball. Last year, the average dipped, so the Cubs decided to non-tender him. But right now, uh, he's, he's locked up uh, in, in Washington on a one-year deal with Dave Martinez, former bench coach of the Chicago Cubs and Dave Martinez is letting Kyle Schwarber be Kyle Schwarber. And uh, it's, it's definitely working out so far. I, I just think from a guy that struggled against lefties, he was a strikeout machine. I don't know how many times I watched games where he was, it was strikeout after strikeout. And now he's leading off uh, again, which I, I know was a familiar place. He did. He did lead off um, for the Cubs a bit. I, I just think, it might just be one of those stretches. It might just be a hot stretch. I don't think this guy's that good of a hitter. I don't think he can keep up this ah, pace. Stop it. Uh, he, he's not. He's never been this time. I mean, the power has always been there, but the consistency of being able to keep this pace up, I don't see it. Um, I think Kyle Schwarber right now is just in one of those zones. I don't think it lasts the, re the remainder of the season. So the Nationals should take advantage of it um, while they can. And, and then last up, we have to mention the first guy that has been suspended and caught with foreign substances on his glove, Hector Santiago um, of the Seattle Mariners. And I, this one is perplexing. I don't know if I buy it. He is appealing the suspension, 
I don't know if I buy it because you cannot be that dumb to see all of the way that the umpires are, are going about checking these foreign substances. I mean, you got guys taking off their pants in Sergio Romo because they're, they're, they're thoroughly searching these guys. You can't be that dumb. You, you cannot be that dumb in order to bring a foreign substance out to the mound with you, knowing you're going to be checked. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how, I don't know if I buy it. I, I 100% buy it. He was, I mean, look at the guy's earned run average. You really want to talk Hector Santiago? This guy this year has a 265 earned run average. And that's baffling for someone who hasn't had an ERA under 425 since 2015. Now he was, he's a, he's a pretty bad pitcher. Let's be honest with ourselves here. And uh, I think he needed that advantage coming out of the bullpen, uh, left-handed arm, but I don't know. I personally think he was cheating. Look, I mean, just look at the numbers. There's no way you can just, you can just turn <laughs> it on as you get older. I don't debate whether he actually was cheating this year or not. I agree. He's not a good pitcher. Never really has been a good pitcher. He is this year. I, I don't know how stupid you can. I mean, you have to be stupid really to go out there with a substance on your glove, knowing you're going to be checked. I, I it's like, it's like driving and you can make a left-hand turn or you can go straight and go right through a DUI checkpoint. And you just had about 12 <laughs> or 13 beers at the bar and you choose, you know what? I'm going to go straight through the DUI <laughs> checkpoint. Cause I think I can get by. Like it's just not smart. And if he was, if there was a foreign substance on his glove, um, if I'm the Mariners, I'm not happy. Like I, we talked about the, the disadvantage. They can't bring another guy up. Now he's out 10 days. And then now it's proven that he's still stupid enough to use something on his glove. I'm not happy if I'm a Mariners fan. Um, I, I am glad that the first guy that was caught was not a big time starter or reliever, like so somebody that we've talked enough about. Um, otherwise, baseball, that shit would have hit the fan. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad it was somebody like a Hector Santiago, which we can kind of just throw behind the curtain and dismiss. Yeah, and he finally gets his name mentioned to the public media for the first time in his MLB <laughs> career. So kudos to him. Well, I think he was talked about once when he was pitching for uh, the Angels. Was it the Angels? Uh, when he was pitching for them, I think he had one or two good outings. But um, if you're in the chat, drop your co your comments, your thoughts. We are going to get into the main events. At Dunkin', we're getting ready for sunnier days with our Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. A bright and balanced iced coffee with notes of cocoa, tangy sweetness, and toasted nuts. Made to brighten every day a little more. Soak in the sunshine a little more and fill every moment with a little more, more. Because we aren't just chasing sunsets anymore. We're counting sunrises too. Do more with Dunkin' Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. Brewed for brighter days. Enjoy a medium for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! Another main event for Diamond Talk brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Yeti. For those of you that haven't got your Yeti cups yet, be sure to do so. Put your Rough Cut logo on them. Yeti has all the amazing things to keep your liquids cool and warm whichever you prefer. Uh, I myself has still not ordered my Yeti, so I can't actually show you one. So here's an imaginary Yeti. Um, <laughs> if there was a wonderful producer in the back has, has their Yetis already, but they didn't want to uh, share with us. So um, we, we will definitely be getting our Yeti soon. And again, put that rough cut logo on there and support the show. Shout out to all the wonderful people at Yeti. Uh, Dylan, tonight on our main event, I want to play a little game 
of patience or panic. And and we're just going to run through some teams. And I just want where we're at in the season. We're about what 18 days, 19 days before the all-star break, somewhere around there. Um, where do these franchise, where do these teams sit? Um, some of them are at the top of their division, but they've been struggling lately. Others sit in the middle of the pack. We're going to go through and we're going to talk. Are we panicking or are we having patience with these teams? First up, I am going to start with the team that you were hot on at the very, very beginning of the year, the Chicago White Sox. I know you do a podcast, Big City Pod. You talk about them a lot. Dylan, where where do you sit with the Chicago White Sox? Are you panicking or are you having patience? I guess it's a little bit of both here for the Chicago White Sox. Now, right now, I, I'm panicking. They have not looked good. Uh, they got their tails kicked in when they played Houston. Uh, obviously, Dusty Baker, Tony Larusa, old manager there, uh, going back to their NL Central days. But the thing with this White Sox team that makes me a little bit nervous is their injuries. They've had a ton of injuries that have been massive to this team. And it's not just your occasional reliever here or there. Eloy Jimenez went down in spring. That really set the tone for how the uh, rest of the injuries have taken place. Luis Robert hurts his hip. He's going to eventually resume baseball activities here soon. Uh, then it's Michael Kopech. Then it's Nick Magical who tears his hamstring. So, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm panicking a little bit right now. But you also got to understand, Rick Hahn is a very aggressive general manager. And I expect him to make some big splashes at the deadline to fill the holes on the roster created by these injuries. So the starting pitching has been phenomenal. You have Lance Lynn. You have Carlos Rodon, who stepped up, obviously Giolito. And then, obviously, the one thing, the bullpen has been decent. They've been pretty good. Liam Hendricks solidifying that. But if, if there was another thing to panic, if they do end up making moves, it's that they're ranked 21st defensively, and uh, their, their defensive runs saved are actually in the negative. So uh, not that good defensively. Listen, I I'm in panic mode and I was I was one of the guys that I didn't feel like the Chicago White Sox were ready. I thought they were a little too young. I thought they were a year or Ooh. two away at the beginning of the year. They proved me wrong. They came out of the gates hot. I mean, and they, they proved that they were a really good baseball team. But then the injuries started to pile up. And I, and I think that's where I'm at with them. I think the Chicago White Sox with the injuries and overcoming the their youth on that squad and not to mention, and, I, and I'm going to throw this team out there because a few weeks ago we met, we mentioned them, and I was I was honestly talking a lot of shit about them. Quietly, the Minnesota Twins have I been playing that. really, really well. And that's <laughs> a team at the beginning of the season that I had winning the division. And, the, and they're still like 12 games back. It's not like they're fighting for the division or anything. But they're starting to play better. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10, while the White Sox are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. I'm panicking on the White Sox. They're going to have to show me that um, they can get through this stretch uh, and get things back um, on the right track. The reason Next I got up, patience, r- real quick, last last thought. The reason wait, I have patience. How are you going to play both sides? No, the you reason. They panic and I said a little bit of both. I said, I said a little no, bit no, of no, both no. in the beginning. This is, but the this AL is not play the, the reason fence. that I have patience. This is not play the fence. You got to pick one. Panic or patience? We're not moving on until you pick one. I I believe I believe in Rick Hahn, so I think I'm going to stay patient with this White Sox team. That's where I'm going to go, but there are are causes right now to panic. I think long oh term they're going to be Look perfect. at you just playing the fence every time. Next time say it with your chest. You're saying patience. I got it. All right. Next up, another American League team. I was off of this team from day 1. I was I told everybody preseason it was not they weren't about it, and that's the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees are this team that they're built on. Let's hit the long ball. 
that's we're, we're in New York. We deserve all the, the love and the credit and all the shine because we're in New York and they've underperformed year after year after year. And then they have the nerve to blame the 2017 Astros for them not being in the world series. So where are you at with the Yankees? I am panic mode. I've been in panic mode since day one. I'm not changing. They are not a very good baseball team to me. I, I feel like they're and cash. Brian Cashman actually came out today and said they sucked. He said, we, we just sucked lately. So wh- where are you at with the Yankees? Cause I'm in panic mode. You want me to say it with my chest? I'm panicking. This team is abysmal. Are you kidding me? They're in a competitive division right now. They lead the MLB in double plays. They're they're, Base running has been absolutely horrendous all season. Lead the league with 33 outs on the bases. They they have uh, only 16 stolen bases, which is, which is the smallest margin in Major League Baseball. There's no speed on the roster. You have Brett Gardner, who's been around since Derek Jeter was in his prime, playing center field. Uh, why that? I mean, there's no chance. Aaron Boone has been a horrible manager during his tenure, and I understand. Uh, he's a puppet for Brian Cashman in the front office. He's got to understand everything that he's doing there. But the bullpen has been great if there's one thing to look at. The rotation has shown some flashes, but the offense is very inconsistent. They're right-hand dominant. And someone tell me, where the hell did Glaber Torres go? I mean, this is a guy who's hitting 238 with three home runs. Where's his power? Everyone's talking about how he hit 18 home runs against the Orioles in 2019. I'm waiting to see that guy step up. And Brian Cashman, it goes back to you. You got to build this team. The Yankees teams that have had success in the past have left-handed power. Lou Gehrig, Curtis Granderson, Brian McCann, they're all putting it in that short porch in right field. You're beating yourself at your own game in your own ballpark. The Yankees, I'm panicking. Um, Tell us how you really feel. Uh, I I mean, I'm I'm with you right there. I, I think that I think that they are right hand dominant and they rely too much on the long ball. And I just don't think they're very good. And they play in a division right now with Toronto, with Boston, with Tampa. Yes, Sherman, they are over 500, but that division, you need to be a lot better than 500. There are a couple games over 500. You need to be a lot better with, with the blue Jays young squad that they have with what Tampa is doing over there and the way they play money ball. They seem to always find a way to be in the mix. And then what Boston's doing this year, you just, the Yankees, you're, you're not allowed to just be average. You have to be better. They, they put too much money into that, into that organization. And, you know, Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stan and Aaron judge, and, and they have too much hype around them to underperform that they, the way they have been over the past few seasons. It's to me, it's, it's just this, it's just talk. It's just the media wanting to hype them up. And I hate to do this, but I kind of got to compare them to the Dallas Cowboys. Every ah. year they're supposed to win the world series. Every year, everybody talks about the Cowboys are going to be so good. And then every year they let you down. So um, we're definitely panicking on the Yankees, but across the way, take the subway down. We are going to talk about the New York Mets and you know, I love me some Mets. Uh, you, you know, I've been on the Mets. Um, I love Pete Alonzo. One of my favorite players in the league, Francisco Lindor. And there's no denying what, what Jacob deGrom has been able to do as a pitcher. I mean, throughout his career, but this year it's, I mean, he gave up two runs in his ERA went to like 0.6 something or 0.067 or some, some ridiculous number. I'm, I'm patient here. I I think the Mets are a really good baseball team. I think they've had some unfortunate injury. Um, Lucchese went down. He's out for the year, but as long as you have Jacob DeGrom, you have a chance. If, if, if the Mets get into the playoffs and you have a seven game series 
and you have to face DeGrom potentially three times, you're not winning that series. I mean, one, game one, game four, game seven, DeGrom's going to go. And you're not, he's proven that you're not going to win that series. If they can give him any kind of run support, the Mets are going to be just fine. I anticipate them being in the National League um, Championship Series. And um, yeah, I, I, got, I got a lot of patience with the Mets right now. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm 100% on board with you. Even with your thought about the NLCS, I got them playing the Brewers that I mentioned, and they're on a hot roll. You haven't talked about them. But uh, the NL, the, the the Mets, the reason that I have patience, they got their hitters coming back. Now, Conforto just came back. They have Brandon Nimmo on a rehab assignment. He'll eventually be back. Jeff McNeil, they've been playing with a lot of players. I believe they've had a top five uh, most, play, most used players uh, in Major League Baseball there for the Mets. So I think I do have patience. But I will say this, the pitching, the pitching has really been spotty in the rotation when it comes to health. Now, Dylan P or David Peterson stepped up the lefty. His ERA is kind of high for my liking. Lucchese needed Tommy John. Uh, you, you, you lost Marcus Stroman in his last start. So, I mean, Taiwan Walker's good. That was a fantastic signing there uh, by Steve Cohen and co up there. But uh, to look at Jacob DeGrom alone, I think you're going to need at least someone to come back in that rotation, whether it's Stroman, whether it's a late appearance of Noah Syndergaard, who's uh, trending trending lightly there with his, with his injury. So got to find a way to get some more starting pitching, but I believe that they're going to make some moves at the deadline, and I'm staying patience with this team. I will never have uh, faith in Noah Syndergaard again as much as I love him. He's just hurt way too much, but um, I, we agree there. Um, let's head over to let's head over to the central. We'll start with the Cubs. Are we panicking on the Cubs or are we patient? I am panicking, and the reason I'm panicking is because this team wasn't supposed to be very good. They were yep. supposed to be sellers at the deadline. The bullpen has pitched amazing. I still think come the middle of July, right before the deadline, I still think they look to make a move and move um, Chris Bryant. I think they're going to realize they're falling back. They're really not the team that they think they're going to be, and they might as well get something for them. Um, I'm panicking here on the Cubs. I'm also panicking, and it's it, it makes me sick. Last night's game, they were they were tied four to four in the eighth inning. They gave up ten <laughs> runs, ten runs in the eighth. Eric Sogard, I watched that guy pitch on my birthday. He's a position player. I guess he's going every fifth day now. But you, you look at this Cubs team. And they had some flashes in the pans with people like Patrick Wisdom, Sergio Alcantara, but they still have some injuries with uh, with uh, Nico Horner, Matt Duffy, uh, David Bodie, couple guys still injured, and their rotation was never that good. I mean, they traded you Darvish, and that was their plan going in this season with uh, GM Jed Hoyer trying to make the decisions. He knew that it was going to be a sell year. And in April, they looked like they're ready to sell. They had a hot May, and it carried over to the series against the Cardinals in June. But ever since then, they got the Brewers. Brandon Woodruff throwing tonight, probably going to lose, probably going to lose again tomorrow. Then they have a three-game set against the Reds. If they get swept this whole week, they're going to be about eight games back in the NL Central. That's when you start answering phone calls. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot going on in the NL Central. We talk about another team in the St. Louis Cardinals they've suffered a number of injuries throughout the season as well. Flaherty out, Kim was out, um, Bader was out. I, I think it's a matter of injuries. I, I think that this team is yeah. a better than they performed. Um, I, it's hard because I think this team is the best team in the division when healthy. Wow. And, wow. And, <laughs> I, I do. I, I believe I, with, with Arenado and Goldschmidt, I think that those are guys that can carry a team. If they can get Flaherty back healthy and pitching well, again, I'm, 
I'm going to say patience. I think it's early in the season. I think they can go on a run here. Uh, I'm going to say patience. They're only, they're eight games back. And with the Cubs falling, with the Reds kind of inconsistent and up and down, um, I like the Cardinals. I'm going to be patient on the Cardinals. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, you at, said that already. At freezing cold takes on Twitter, make sure you pin that last uh, five, five minute, two minute, whatever it was that you went on there saying to be patient about the Cardinals because I'm in panic mode. And the reason I am, I'm a huge Mike Schilt guy. Don't get me wrong. I love his passion for the game of baseball. He's a lifer, one of those uh, great, great baseball guys that have been around for a while. But his voice is lost in that clubhouse right now. When Mike Matheny's tenure came to a close, what was one thing that happened to the Cardinals team? Now, you, you knew that, for historic historic long stretches, the Cardinals have been playing great defense. And when Matheny came to a close, his tenure there, the defense sort of fell apart. And you're sort of seeing that right now with Mike Schilt and his tenure. I think he's he's on the hot seat right now, even though he's had some postseason success. Now, the Flaherty injury, the torn oblique, that's when things really went south. But I go back to the defense just a little bit. They, they let Colton Wong walk right out of that building. And he's a gold glove, platinum glove second baseman who definitely brings a lot to your team. And he's over in, the, in another division rival with the Milwaukee Brewers. But the team batting average, this is where I, I stand up to you. 27th in the league with a 225 batting average. So how are you going to turn that around? Whoa, 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 whoa. Are, you're going to do this now? We talk, I said the same thing about the Brewers last week. And what did you say? And look at the Brewers. They have pitching. They have, their no, offense no, 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 is getting no, 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 healthy no. and they're no, hitting. You just asked me right now, how can they turn around 222 batting average? What were the Brewers sitting at last week? Well, okay, who's coming back for the Cardinals that's really going <laughs> to okay. increase your batting average? So my, the Brewers so, had yeah. Christian Yelich. They still don't have Kane back. They got Wong back. They got better. So don't even oh, go there with goodness. the Cardinals. Just, the Cardinals are going to get stop. better. Just stop. You and this, you and this, I, it only applies when it applies conversation. Anyways. Let, let's go to the chat. What, what's, let's see what's buzzing in the chat. Drop your comments, questions. Uh, Michael Sherman, who do you think will land Story at the deadline? Um, oh, uh, let's ask, do we think Story's on the move at the deadline first? Do you, think that, do you think that move is made? Got rid of Arenado. Do they get rid of Story now? And, what, and what, if so, what is Colorado doing? Trevor Story's a free agent at the end of the year, so I understand why Michael Sherman brings up the comment. Now, I think he will be traded. You, I think the compensation that you're going to get, you look at when the Orioles traded Manny Machado at the end of his his deal there in Baltimore. They knew they couldn't resign him. Sent him to the Dodgers for that year where they tried when Corey Seager got hurt. So I think Trevor Story will end up being on the move. But I'm trying to think of a team that's in dire need of a shortstop right now that he could really make an impact on. I don't know. Uh, I, I think... I don't know. I, I think the Rockies, I thought the Rockies wanted to build around story, but I don't know. I don't think he's moved. Will, will it be the Chicago White Sox? Stick him at second base with the loss of magical for a season. Well, well, no, you can't say that you already have somebody else going to the White Sox. I, I'm a believer that they're going to go for Eduardo <laughs> Escobar. I, I seriously do. But I mean, I, I, I think that story's in play for the White Sox. That, it could, that would be interesting. I don't. I don't know that they want really want to move him. And would Story be okay with that? Um, He's getting out of Colorado. I think he'd be fine with anything. Hey, who wants to get? Hey, you can hit in Colorado. Um, <laughs> Kelly says, "Who in the who is in panic in the NL West? Honestly, right now, 
I don't think any of those teams are in panic mode. I think there are three really good baseball teams. And I know we're not talking about the Diamondbacks here because they've been panicking their whole <laughs> damn, damn existence damn near. Um, but I think the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres are all in really good spots here. I think they're all really good baseball teams. And it's just going to be a battle the whole way. I, I was on board as to saying that the Giants might fall off. But the more I watch them play, that's a really good baseball team. And their young guys are kind of just showing up. They kind of came out of nowhere, but they're showing up. And then you get a veteran guys like a Buster Posey, Brandon Bell, Crawford, and those guys playing well. Um, I think the NL West is just going to be a tight race throughout. And to that point, the Giants, they're getting Tommy LaStella back. He was someone that they signed in the offseason, left-handed bat to try to help them out. So I think he could be like a nice piece. He, he showed up well for the Angels. I believe it was 2019 when he got DFA'd by the Cubs. They ended up picking him up. He, he was actually going to make the all-star team before he fouled the ball off his leg and broke his tibula. But uh, he's going to be a great player for them going down the stretch. Sort of like when uh, when when Cincinnati had Scooter Jeanette sort of just take that little little ride that he had. That's how I think Tommy Lestella is going to be for this Giants ball club. Agreed there. All right, Dylan, that's it for tonight. Be sure to tune in next week to Diamond Talk, another episode. Also later this month, possible trade deadline special show. Um, and then be sure to tune in tomorrow night to the Rough Cut Sportcast. My guy, A.J. Johnson. Vinny Milani. They'll be here. We don't know what they're talking about yet. As you know, here at the Rough Cut, we figure <laughs> that out about five minutes before we go live, but it always works out well. Um, Dylan, tee up those socials one more time. Tell them where they can find us and get us out of here. Here we go. <laughs> Twitter at Rough Cut underscore sports. Facebook at Rough Cut Sports. On Instagram at the Rough Cut Sportscast. And on YouTube, Rough Cut Sportscast. Type it in. It'll come up. Make sure you click subscribe. Get that bell if you would like to get the notification when we go live. And make sure you tell everybody. That's right. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and all our social media platforms. Keep supporting the show so we can keep doing this daily. Until next Tuesday, for JB Smooth over there, Dylan Kearns, the smoothest voice in broadcasting, I'm Mr. One Vote Aaron Mukes. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.